Don't be afraid of being something more. It improves posture. You're searching to be more, you're searching to learn more, you're searching to do more. It's a call to action. It's a call for ownership. A means to really live, whatever that means to you. Welcome to the show. Ready to go? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Episode um, 14. Yeah, welcome to episode 14. We're hey back. Guys. We're back, baby. We're Tell back. Everyone. Oh, welcome everyone. Oh, sorry. We didn't hey, notice welcome. you were there. <laughs> welcome back to episode 14. We are so pleased to be in front of you. Although it's nice or for in you to welcome ears. me. Yeah, or in your ears. Um, what have you guys been up to? What's going on? What's new? I'm getting married in not eight days, nine days. That's pretty important. Yeah, yeah gosh, that awesome. kills all of our stories. <laughs> I mean, how do you, what am I doing? That's I awesome. don't know. I'm just waiting to go home and let my dog out. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm up to. <laughs> Good stuff. You're getting married. Georgia, what's, new with, what's new with you? I don't You're know. wearing a thing on your yeah, hand. Yeah, my wrist hurts. What's, what's, what's the date? What's new with me? The, the date of my wrist or the date of the wedding? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> I have no date. I've, this has been six weeks well, of ha- just. You've yeah. had it for six. Yeah, and it's just kept getting worse. So. But you haven't had that on for six weeks. No, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> I'd be like seriously missing. Highly something. unobservant. Okay. When is your date, Candice? December sixteenth. Okay. Is that a Saturday? Friday. Friday. Yes. Exciting. Nice. It's gonna be huge. You're That's gonna have cool. such great Christmases from this day forward. I'm excited. For Combination of, is by chance one of your birthdays around? this time too no oh i was gonna say no the but trifecta. it is our anniversary on the 16th our monthly anniversary from dating oh wow yeah mm. so we decided to get married before the year <laughs> ended and on, on our 11th month of dating that's nice we wow. messed up because that's our fantastic. anniversary is january 3rd and by the time january 3rd rolls around you've already had thanksgiving christmas new year's hanukkah mm. everything has already been done and you're just like i just want to sit at home cook food for myself and not go out so we did it the wrong way or you did it the right way because now you're just like, hey, we just really appreciate each other. We don't have to make this a big it's deal. True. We made the last month, month and a half a really big deal. So Absolutely. Love every day. <laughs> I don't there wanna, you go. I love, mar- I love uh, marriage ceremonies. There's one area. There's two, well, there's two areas I think that get me emotional is that union of two people that when you can really see from afar that they really, I don't know, I have, I have sensitivity to it. I can see it, and uh, the birth of a child. Those th- those two human, you know, experiences are phenomenal. That's kind of like a, you know, a little elbowing to. I mean, birth if you, of a if child. You have a, no, <laughs> no. Actually, it was uh, the a spot, you know, anywhere in the back. If I could view what's going on. Um, I mean, if you send an invitation, uh, I'll accept. You're welcome to yeah. come. Okay, we'll be, thank we'll you. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'd be so small. cool. <laughs> we decided to do a very small ceremony, just immediate family. Um, I'll look we'll from afar over the grassy people. knoll. <laughs> just 12, tell me where it is. We'll be 12 people all in. But I am, and I'm doing, I decided to do a special like first look experience, which is ca- a common trend that's kind of happening now what for Charlie. So he, before the day of, will separate and go our ways and do our things cool. to prepare. But an hour before the ceremony, I'll have him plotted in a very specific spot and then I'll make an entrance and tap him to turn around and we'll have a special moment there before the ceremony. Awesome. Does he know about That's this? That's cool. He knows it's coming, yeah. Okay, yeah. he just doesn't know when? He knows He knows what time he's supposed to be in a specific place. So what if he's looking the way that you're walking, you can't tap him on the back? Uh, he knows he has Charlie to look. Charlie knows. Oh, so direction. it's like, it's like 
okay. Yeah. It's not it's not actually like yeah. a surprise or anything like no, that. It's no, no, like just the, the the first look will be the surprise. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. So the goal is to just make him ball like a baby. Yeah. yeah. All, that's also a good moment. Uh-huh. Uh, just to make sure in case Leanne's listening in. Honey, that was probably the third greatest moment. But yeah, seeing <laughs> your seeing my wife come down that aisle, that's yeah. pretty The both that's of a your daughters special. are one and two? Uh no, it's um just weddings in general, and I, yeah, to put it in order, I'd say, yeah, I'd say the birth of my girls is definitely top-notch, but because I'm in the presence of someone who's getting married, I'll just kind of like even them out and say they're both wonderful things, yeah. but yeah, seeing your wife come down the aisle, that was, that's pretty cool. I yeah. saw where you saw her, too. That's a majestic environment. Oh, where you we, guys were we got married. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got married downtown Chicago. It's, it was like this massive uh, atrium. Where it like looked and felt like you were like in this tropical paradise. Um, it was like right next to the Sears Tower. That's probably um, what it felt like for Janice to be yeah. around you at that yeah. time. Yeah, no, I was like, I don't, I don't really remember it too much. I was, uh, I was in airborne school, um, and oh, I yeah. like got a weekend pass to like leave airborne school because my schedule got really jacked up. So I was like, um, 170 pounds and like bald head and. Um, kind of out of it but mm-hmm. yeah it was a great moment yeah did you fun. guys do a first look uh no i've never no. even heard of that oh. yeah no must be a newer trend yeah yeah i think it's kind of cool yeah, it is nice we mm-hmm. took shots of whiskey in the uh upstairs I love dressing the rituals. First look. uh we didn't do a first look no we were very unconventional with our wedding but uh i remember that it's f- called the first crook yes <laughs> the shots <laughs> it's the last that's time cool. i drank whiskey I yeah i love the rituals yeah that's what i also like about it yeah yeah something special about it Cool. Maybe an episode well, for another what's, time. What's Talk about that marriage. What's, what's new with you, James? You know, I'm tied in. What's new with you? Uh, you mean my uh, just like life. where I speak about? No, just oh. life. Yeah, we're just going around. So she's getting oh, married. George is recovering from a oh. wrist thing. Hopefully, oh. um, doing uh, daddy duty, daddy daycare. I guess. Duty. Yeah. Yeah. It's that daddy duty. I don't even know what that means. Um, I think it's a word that's just in my head because I heard it. But uh, I'm taking care of the household for. I'm on my fourth or fifth day. Now, Leanne went to Tucson with Hannah uh, for her tennis tournament, and it got rain delayed for two days, and so it was moved to Monday. But on Monday, um, she is doing a retreat spa thingy with her best friend from Edmonton, Alberta. They've been friends since they've been wee little things, 13 or 14. At Canyon Ranch? Uh, No, Maribel. Mirabelle? Mm. Does that sound? I don't know. I keep it messing up. Anyways, she's deep into that, and I'm I'm holding the fort up here. So that's what I've been up to. Awesome. I got called out on my language around uh, the father looking after the children once, and I'm really mm. glad I did. A client called me out on it because uh, she was heading away for the week, and I, I, I made a comment to her, so your husband's going to be babysitting for the week then. How's he going to do? Mm. And she's like, it's not babysitting. It's parenting, yeah. <laughs> and we do it together. And oh, I'm one. like, good I hold one. that consciously now. Yeah. That's a good reminder. It's a good reminder for people to see what it is. Because likewise, right? Daddy duty is like, well, I don't know. What does that mean? But anyways, it's always I'm on. in control of the it's household. It's different though, yeah. right? Yeah. You oh have to my come gosh, up with something. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, uh, it's a different type of parenting. I don't know what to call it, but or, I'm, in, I'm the one that's basically responsible for for all of it. Like, for example, if shit happened right now during school for them, like, I'm out of here. You know, yeah. I got I got to do that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's uh, it's been great. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. what I've been up to. What How about you? Um, gosh, I was actually thinking about that when it got to James. I was like, I don't actually have a great answer to this because there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that really sticks out. Business as usual. Um, I know we talked about it before, but 
uh, we're just putting a, it feels like we're putting a lot of things in like a couple weeks. Um, I just feel like it's really not busy. Busy is not the right term. Uh, but it just feels like days are kind of stacking on, on top of each other. And I'm, uh, I'll use your term. I'm doing like evening daddy duties hmm. as well. Uh, Janice is, uh, volunteering at like a celebration of Christmas thing at our church. So she's gone from like four to 10 PM every night for the next two weeks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's the head that. organizer there. Uh, she's heading up What's the, her role there. She's heading up the, uh, hair and makeup department. Mm. Well, that's yeah. so great for her. Yeah. So, mm. um, but on Monday, um, I came, I, I bought, I bought tickets to Monday night football, the Cardinals and the Patriots. Mm. And <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I came home and like surprised the boy. I had like the Monday night football theme song on my phone and I played it and they're like, are we going to Monday night football? And I was like, yeah, get your Jersey out. Carson went and put his Kyler Murray Jersey on and came down and I, something told me to look at my phone. I'm like, the Cardinals aren't playing tonight. So I bought them for, uh, this coming week. That's the second time I did this. (laughs) This is the second time I did this. Um, So had to like take the boys like Dave and Buster's on Monday because Carson was super bummed. He was so pumped up to go. And I'm like, we'll go to Dave and Buster's tonight. We'll do the arcade thing. And then we'll also go to Monday Night Football next week. Georgia laughs because I did this. Uh, was this two, was this last year? I think year? it was last year. I did this summer, last yeah. year where I purchased tickets for, I thought it was the week of, but it was the next week or I think it was two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks out and we couldn't go to that one. So I had to give those tickets away. But um, yeah, bought Monday Night Football tickets, but I will be going next monday so i'll report back on that next and Wednesday. from now on you will double check your yeah, dates yeah i told janice i was like can you just like fact check me on uh dates of football games or any events that i buy um so yeah and i got such a good deal and i'm like i'm like going back and forth with the guy as well um like in my head i'm like dude the game's in like six hours just sell these tickets for less and he was like being a stickler and he finally went down, and then I realized, like, when I realized, I was like, oh, that's why he wasn't in a big hurry, because this game wasn't until next week. <laughs> I thought it was in six hours. Uh, anyway, that that's me. Um, let's let's get to it. People are probably bored hearing about my uh, Monday Night Football snafus. Right. Uh, let's switch it up a little bit this week. Let's start over there and come this way. Oh, dang. You got to okay. make sure. Wasn't wasn't if ready. we do, you got to make sure. That we get to me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, we do. Right? Yeah, we maybe we do this. Let's go, Candace, me, Georgia, James. I like it. All right. Alternating. All right, let's do it. Okay. Um, I had a couple of thoughts on, and then this morning I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling great about this radar, so I'm going to find something else. So um, I came across an updated report from uh, WGSN, who just does a lot of consumer research, surveying, and and reporting. I used to. What frequent, is WGSN? They're just a, like a reporting consumer insights uh, group that does a lot of these reports. I used to reference them a lot when I worked in agency world when I was in New York and um, do a lot of trend analysis and that kind of thing. So they had recently released a report on just consumer behavior in the home. And this was sort of a follow-up study that they released um, from that that was all around um, the evolution of the smart home and the categories in which um, investment is occurring in in that area of, of industry. And then I reference, I know CES is coming up in January or January, February. It's usually in the, in the very beginning of the year. So uh, they have obviously a big focus on the evolution of the smart home this year. And they're now referencing it as the intelligent home. So we went from like connected home to smart home to now intelligent home. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, how, how that's evolving from like singular device to the whole, the whole home being uh, 
basically operatable and controllable from your cell phone, your smartphone, and this uh, idea that it's becoming more and more proactive versus reactive. Of course, wellness is uh, one of the more popular kind of segments within the smart home category growth. Um, McKenzie actually recently released a study that just talked about the market being in the 1.5 trillion range now with a projected forecast of 5 to 10% growth year over year. And um, just talking a lot about how sleep is the number one area of growth right now. It's number two under health uh, across these six dimensions that the report sort of surveys. Um, interest in the wellness category connected Sleep's to not included living. in health? No, they, they oh. break it out as separate. So they, they break it out as better health, better sleep, better mindfulness, better appearance, better nutrition, and better fitness oh. are the six dimensions. And they talk about how consumers uh, see uh, wellness as a blend uh, or a hybrid of all of these things. And it's interesting because so there's the this visual that they reference when they illustrate these six and it very it simply states consumers think of wellness holistically blurring the lines across these six dimensions eating right eating the right food diet and exercise managing both physical and mental well-being um, constantly prioritizing behaviors that promote self-care and getting sufficient sleep so they define this I mean like I think we would pretty much agree with those things but as they assess the products that are being developed in these categories they are clearly not products that really solve for those very simplistic things. So when they look at health, they're talking about medicine, vitamins, personal hygiene products. When they talk about fitness, they're looking at fitness club use, studios, at-home equipment, wearables, nutrition, diet programs, subscription food services, nutrition apps, cleanses, and juicing type products. Appearance, they're looking at skincare, uh, cosmetics, hair care, salon services, mindfulness. They're looking at counseling and therapy, meditation studios, mindfulness apps, and sleep. They're looking at sleep supplements, um, sleep trackers and apps, and then sleep enhancing products. Um, but basically, this this survey outlines that consumers, although there's an, a ton of spending in the category, um, one one stat that I thought was super interesting said that the investment in digital health startups reached record highs um, in 2021 with a $29 billion investment across 730 deals. And they compared that with the previous four years uh, of $15 billion investment across 480 deals in the category. Um, they reference that millennials are the by far above and beyond the, the biggest generation investing in the wellness category across all those products. 54% of millennials uh, in the group surveyed are investing versus 25% of all other generations investing in this category. But um, uh, even though that's the case, spending is increasing, investment is increasing, consumers are increasingly dissatisfied with the product variety and the efficacy of the products being developed in these categories. So just thought it was really interesting, especially when you compare this dynamic of like how they classify these categories and say that consumers define wellness. But then when they're looking at spending and growth within the category, obviously it's very product focused versus um, the very simplistic things that we know people can do to improve their wellness that just don't cost us anything. Is the $1.5 trillion, is that um, is that U.S. only or is that worldwide? That's worldwide. Got it. I believe. And then is that, um, is that revenues brought in or is that like GDP, does it they say? It didn't say. Yeah, because it's interesting. I, I, I was reading. It's not um, a lot if you're thinking worldwide investment in It might in be U.S. because a lot of this was U.S. I think it could be. Focused. It could be. The numbers that I heard like a decade ago was the biggest investment a decade ago, and it's still probably today, is in all the people are putting their money largely in biotech. 
Mm. Yeah, which in my opinion is just another name for big pharma or big medicine, but they just call it something different because people are interested in it sort of stuff. No, no, no worries. Yeah, I was just thinking worldwide versus U.S. because that did seem low. Um, Outdoor recreation, uh, from a GDP standpoint, it reached $862 billion Mm, last year. Yeah, so what is that? What does that mean? Outdoor recreation. So uh, outdoor recreational equipment, uh, uh, easy on the rocks, memberships, uh, okay. stuff like Got that, it. right? So Got it. Um, uh, the, the purchasing of like uh, tents and, and all that. Because so anything of, because to, of COVID? Because of COVID, okay. yeah. So um, I, that's that's why I asked the question, right? Like that hit 862 bit. Like that's, that's a yeah. lot, mm. right? Um, and they're just starting to see a lot of interesting things where um, a lot of those people that purchased in 2020 and 2021 were so dissatisfied with those products that now, similar to a lot of other things that sold during that time, uh, it's just filled It's filled the marketplaces, like the public marketplaces, and they're projecting outdoor recreation to go down by 90% uh, this year yeah. uh, when, when all is said and done because so much of that equipment is in marketplaces and people aren't purchasing and they're not going to like, you know, dicks or uh, outdoor sports and, and buying all this stuff anymore. They're just going to marketplaces and getting it at a 50% discount. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This highlighted that the, there was overall dissatisfaction across all the six categories, but that uh, particularly when it came to sleep and mindfulness, there was extreme dissatisfaction. Yeah. So I like that where the rubber hits the road, you know, on cognitive ability or sleep and the interplay between both of them. You know, people call it dissatisfaction. I mean, I'm a little hesitant to, to say that those consumers actually know what health means. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I would assume they're looking for satisfaction amongst the quote-unquote consumers inside of this, right? Yep. But that was the first thing I wrote down is what do consumers know about health? Yeah. Well, supposedly this was their definition, right? This but, blurred lines across these six dimensions with a focus yeah. on eating food, eating the right food, diet and exercise, uh, managing both physical and mental well-being consciously prioritizing behaviors that promote self-care and getting sufficient sleep is how the consumer said that i i'm sure they gave them some kind of i'm sure they fed them a criteria of how to how they would define it but yeah just think about this we polled a million americans and asked them what their version is of Of health yeah i I think they they come up with some vague language like that but it's what do those things actually mean what does it mean to eat nutritious food what does it mean deepest intentions of what they mean by that and notice they didn't say like real food or nutritious food it was eating the right food yeah of course how do you define the right it's always a moral aspect to it it's got nothing to do with vitality george and i were referencing because obviously with us being so deep into uh fitness health and wellness professionally and we're immersed in all this stuff like sleep was a topic of discussion you know six to eight years ago uh and 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 now it's like just becoming something of mainstream focus and priority so it's interesting well about that also uh there was books written on light uh, in the 60s and 70s, I just, and I brought this top of mind, I just discussed it with Robbie Bork. Um, and Lights Out, Sleep, Sugar, and Survival was written, or the context of it was written in the late 80s. So, the, and again, that's, you know, that's why people, you know, Matthew Walker's book, everyone's like, oh my God, sleep, sleep, sleep in the concept of light, waking hours and sleeping hours has been, has been around for quite a long period of time. I would agree with you though, that, you know, it may be word on the street, but I think in principle, we got to remember just because it's word on the street doesn't mean that it's uh, it hasn't been around for yeah, 50 or 60 years. Yeah, and years, I was right? referencing more like um, adoption of trackers and, you know, uh, alarms that would slowly wake you when you were coming out of REM sleep and aura yeah, rings sure. and all that kind of stuff. Probably like eight, six to 10 years ago yeah. was like the initiation of that. Yeah, then that point means that there was a growth in biotechnology six to 10 years ago. That doesn't mean that 
there was this newfound knowledge on sleep yeah. six to ten years ago. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you just look at the whoop story. Give you an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Made everyone believe that this is a really important thing, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, and people thought it was a really important thing. Yeah, we and Carl, do jump over it though, right? We're like, oh, I'm paying for this, and what does this do? And it's like, why don't I just like sleep? Yeah, you're actually working on a new LearnerX course on the topic, right? Uh, connected to wearables and yeah, we did it already. Yeah, it was kind of a build off of uh, James's James's class where James talked about um, a little more positive light. Uh, no, not really. Just a different take. Um, you talked about um, how to self-assess, self-regulate, uh, oh, yeah. independent of. I talked about, hey, you know, you might have clients that are already wearing these things. Um, how can you leverage them to get your clients off of them, right? Because I think, I think a lot of people, um, you know, six to ten years ago, uh, they they started to purchase these things because they found them uh, as, as a potential answer, right. Where it was like, okay, yeah, I know sleep's, you know, important, right. Like I don't, I'm not educated enough to know like why it is and, uh, sleep cycles and when I should wake up and so on and so forth. But, um, someone selling them this wearable that's saying it's okay that you don't know those things. We're actually going to do those things for you. And we're going to give you the information needed to improve your sleep. So when the dissatisfaction comes, I think when it's, when they get to a point where the consumer is like, well, you sold me this thing, but I'm actually not, I'm not really feeling better. I'm more stressed out. I, all I have is a bunch of data in front of me. I haven't changed any behaviors, uh, and I don't know what to do with the data that you're giving me. Um, so I think that's where the dissatisfaction might come from when it comes to wearable technology for people. Yeah, I think uh, it's just one of those things you can't just throw money at it and expect it to get better. Like you've got to actually change the behavior for yourself. The I don't know if you guys get, uh, if you see these memes, but I've seen like very, very funny uh, little little memes about like personal planets and journals and how like this next personal planet is going to completely transform my <laughs> life and I'm going to reach all of my professional and personal goals. Yeah. You think you buy this thing and it's going to change everything and it just doesn't. So I think uh, as a whole, my takeaway from that and like what I would want to pass on to people that I work with and everyone listening is don't think that one purchase is going to fix your problem. You've got to make the decision to do that for yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, there is a benefit. I remember this was probably five or six years ago when, uh, and I was obviously in full transparency, Carl's my coach. So coach client uh, case study, maybe that we can use for this. I started using Aura. We would have conversations about eating late at night and how it would affect sleep, but then I could actually see it in the in the trend lines of my sleep patterns on the report the next morning and also early detection of like or monitoring body temperature mm-hmm. at, at night and I could see like early detection of when I might be like catching a bug or something like that was which is really interesting but you know coaches talk to clients all the time about uh, how to improve sleep hygiene and obviously we have a lot of guidelines that are kind of OPEC standards and in eating you know within 120 90 to 120 minutes before sleep is something we talk about a lot but until you actually see the effect it's hard to really make that connection you know you might you can't really feel it but when you see it in the trend lines if you can have that moment of oh okay now i know this now i can actually change that behavior yeah assuming the the data from whatever these wearables are is accurate i think it's super beneficial to objectify what you're feeling um but i just i just don't think a lot of people are using it to do that i don't think they're using it to objectify something else or another behavior or to change the behavior i think they're just like you know, buying the thing and putting it on their wrist or their finger, and then they're expecting like things to just magically happen. Um, so I don't know, I'm going down rabbit holes on dissatisfaction, but um, I, I would think that that's probably connected to the technology where they're just like, I thought it was going to do this thing for me, and it didn't do this thing for me. Yeah, yeah. my course explains my opinion <clears throat> on it, but I'll rehash it. Um, I'm an absolutist when it comes to it. I think that people are not willing to take responsibility for discovering intuition. That's my 
that's my point. That's why I'm an absolutist on, no, I think there's no place for those whatsoever. I think all the knowledge is going to be gained from this intuition. Um, and I, and I just, of course, have to teach people that, right? Like you can teach someone, for example, my wife and I, I don't know why I thought of it because you mentioned temperature, but she knew uh, what a luteinizing hormone phase was. Like, you know, she could actually feel it happening, right? So it takes intuition and awareness and conversation and like education, et cetera. And she doesn't need an app or a, or a stick that costs 150 bucks, you know, repeated four times over to make sure that we're going to get pregnant. Like she doesn't need that. Um, just bring maybe too much information, but, um, that phase is really important when you're looking for family planning and trying to work that around. So I just want to make, you know, point that if you watch my lesson and that, that's what my lesson was about. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, it's all on you. You're responsible for that. That's your intuition, um, with regards to it. I think it's also interesting going back to like that, where this all started when I first went down the rabbit hole was just around, uh, smart home to intelligent home and you think about like a lot of these convenience safety security um i'm trying to think of like what other what are the other things that you would like really want out of these home innovations efficiency But, but where the where it's going or where it is right now right is like my i might walk into my laundry room and my light is on a sensor that goes on and off when I enter the laundry room or something like that. So it's like, yes, there's some convenience there, but are these innovations really making your life that much better? I mean, now you can like turn the coffee pot on, on a timer from your app from bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that makes life a little bit better, but is it really, it's not helping people solve those behavioral problems like we're saying. So it's like now we're at at home more often. We're working home. We're working out at home. We're living at home. And like, are these enhancements really helping us create structured spaces in the home for us to do those things well or thrive in that environment where we're spending more time. I, yeah. I, don't I will know. say on Thanksgiving, I used my connected Traeger and I did a lot of things throughout <laughs> the eight hours that my turkey your, was your smoking. Smart my smart, my uh, ST. Yeah. My smart Traeger. Um, I adjusted temperature from my phone. Um, you know, I brought it down. I stopped it. I turned it from smoke to grill. I did a lot from that, so it was very beneficial was for me. Yeah, it was good, right? And people benefited. And people, we all benefited yeah. from it. So, you know, we can yeah. leverage technology. I don't know technology. how a device can be called, I just funny how we humanize those things. I think it's called anthropomorphizing things, but it's just fascinating how they do that. It's like bait, bait and switch they use in their in their terms to make it think like this thing is really going to help you when the veil is, in my opinion, it's all surveilling people just to capitalize on consuming stuff. Just like your point you made on like your coffee pot. Some hair, somewhere connected in the logarithm, Black Rifle Coffee is going to like pop up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you just got to remind you get your coffee. And if, I mean, I don't know, but we got some over here and it's this one click away. You know, that's what they call yeah. smart or intelligence is always that backroom surveillance capitalism. But I don't know how you call a home smart. The words around, the words like automated efficiency, like all of these things, I'm thinking about them for sure. It might make like living your life better, not having to turn on the light, TV coming on automatically. But I'm in my in my brain trying to think how could any of those things make health better, like health behaviors, eating nutritious food, taking the time to sleep, taking the time to exercise. There is no shortcut. Like it just takes the time it takes and we have to be prepared to accept that. Yeah, because you still have to go in and program the lights to dim overhead at 120 minutes before bed. Right. That still has to be a human yeah. Yeah, that's, signal. Behavior yeah. change. I'm reminded of the uh, the genetically modified chicken conversation <laughs> last week. Uh, this one just seems can't get it out of your head. Yeah, it's kind of like it's no, it's a very different idea, but uh, it seems pointless like this this thing. Right. Like where it's like I walk in and my lights like what if I want to walk in and I don't want to turn my lights? You know, what I mean, it's, it seems like a pain in the ass to have to set the thing and like 
now I have to live my life based on these rules that I set yesterday. That just seems really weird. Um, so I don't know. The Traeger example, I'm on board. Uh, lights walking in when I walk in the laundry room. Let's not save on board. it for the uh, tech episode where we <laughs> mesh or mess, you know, because that's where we'll we'll come back to revisit this. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Want to learn more about the Live a Larger Life show? Visit livealargerlifeshow.com to learn more about our mission, meet our hosts, browse past episodes, and more. Thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll roll. Um, so we're going to talk about Liver King today. Hey. Oh, <laughs> so we are. I love not knowing <laughs> we're what gonna, we're going to discuss we're now. T- <laughs> I get so excited. I want people to feel that. We're going to talk about Liver King. So, um, what lane are you going to choose? I'm excited. Uh, Which lane oh, well, are you going in? Here, just, just wait a second. There's I been, know. He's been in the news here. Um, oh, I know. Okay, but okay. So many lanes. You I know. There's a lot of lanes. I'm going to leave it open. Let's uh, let's put out some. You know, who oh. is he? You know, why does he have influence? And, and what the heck happened over the past week? Um, so. Just personally, I I, I kind of knew who the guy was. Um, like I just saw him, like you know, on on social media, and people talked about him and stuff like that. But I I never like followed the guy or like really dug into like what he was selling or like the tenants that he was pushing until we were on the boat for the Opex gyms outing, and uh, we had a gym owner that was talking about him and. We're kind of making fun of him a little bit and he's like well he's you know he's saying some good things right and like he's having some influence here and there and i started looking into him and i was just like just laughed the entire time like oh my gosh people are falling for this um so th- that was like my take before this news uh kind of kind of went last week um so who is he so he intentionally derived uh he's he intentionally derived social media fame over the past like it's actually pretty impressive over the past like little over a year he had like a game plan to be a social media influencer. Um, so he, he falls into that category of like guru slash zealot, um, where it's just like, this is the way, this is the only way, and this is the way that you have success. Um, TikTok, he had three point, or he has 3.7 million followers. It's a decent amount. It's uh, like in, a million on Instagram too. Instagram, 1.7 million, and YouTube, uh, 2.8 million subscribers. Um, and he's reportedly from his mouth i saw a clip of him talking about it netting over 100 million dollars a year um selling his supplements and selling dried dried organ dried organ meat um so why does he have influence um this this, these are my thoughts right he looks like a a creature right like he's just you're like what what the heck is this guy on right uh so he looks like Like a caveman yeah just like like just a freak of nature right like uh, very like he has like this very alpha presence. Um, he's unbelievably jacked. His abs look fake. Like the dude just looks like he's a very tan. Yeah, very tan. Um, you know, long curly hair. Yeah, the, the dude's like looking. yeah, you're just like my gosh, this guy's in very good physical condition. Um, he used the he used the bait and switch uh, technique by uh, making common health practices, um, making them or let's just call them like sensationalizing just common health practices. So he has like these nine tenets of like what it means to be a... Uh, kind of like sponsored by broccoli. Uh, yeah, but... but <laughs> Ancestral we'll, we'll talk living, about, We'll right? talk about the difference. Kind of like the claim. Yeah, but his his whole thing is like you're primal or you're not primal. So his idea is like these Ooh, are the things that you do to politicizing. be primal. Nice work. Right? You're on um, our side or you're not on our so side? So his ancestral, ancestral tenets are sleep, eat, move, shield, connect, cold, sun, fight, and bond. So those are the things that he talks about. And then he left out the last tenet, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so he's a character. He's loud. He's obnoxious. He's very resolute in his thoughts, um, very confident. 
he looks the part um easy for uh, like a desolate you, you know young kid to to like really connect to has and that he's like targeting young males right yeah has that like goggins feel of like mm-hmm. you know don't be a mission driven don't be a you know p-u-s-s-y and blah 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 um so you know a lot of young males probably i mean based on these tiktok ig and youtube numbers uh idolatrized them they're just like i want to be like that guy uh which is all 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 well and good right it's like do your thing man um so what happened um so he's been on the scene building influence from zero to you know millions over the past i think it's like a year and three months or something like that yeah it's crazy um he's adamantly denied ped usage like adamantly denied it almost initiated the questions yeah but he went further than just denying he shunned it. He's just like, you're not primal if you do that. Like, that's not a part of, you know, the nine ancestral tenets, the way that you look like me, the way that you make the money that I make, the way that you have influence in this world is to follow these tenets you eat. You know, and he does like a lot of like weird stuff to get attention, right? Like walking down like uh, Times Square with a, like no clothes on and like a Speedo just like pulling a sled or like walking around just like eating raw liver meat with like blood coming down his face and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's what he's done across like the podcast fear and, and all of that. Like, um, you know, Rogan talked about him and called BS on him like last year saying like, there's absolutely no way this guy's not on PEDs. The guy just looks like a mutant. Um, Derek from more plates, more dates, uh, released, uh, a leaked email <laughs> thread, uh, very long thread. Actually, I, so I've watched the video in its entirety. We'll, we'll link it up. It was actually a really well done video. Um, so he released this really long email thread of the liver King going back and forth with a bodybuilding coach. And this was from his work email from right. Yeah. From his work email. Um, and the email thread was just obscene. You're like, what? Like he wasn't hiding it with this guy, right? He's just like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my goal. This was like, when he started the the influence stuff, uh, when he like was thinking about getting that kicked off, he's just like, you know, I'm holding fat in like weird areas, and you know, this is this is what I'm using right now. And he laid out like uh, numerous amounts of uh, PEDs that totaled up to fifteen thousand dollars per month that he was spending on uh, performance enhancing drugs. Um, just the email thread was pretty funny. Like it was just really clear. The guy's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you tens of thousands of dollars. I don't really care. I just need you to help me. I need you to, I need you to make me look like this. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I'm doing CrossFit twice a day. I'm lifting weights, uh, three times a day. I'm doing this just insane. The guy's like, I'm overtraining, but I can't stop. Like I'm addicted to this stuff. I need a coach to kind of keep me in line and to, to help me here. Um, so he walks through these email threads and these email threads obviously revealed that the guy's on not only PEDs, but every PED under the sun. Like the guy's done absolutely everything. Um, and like halfway through the video, Derek cuts and then cuts back and he's like, okay, well it's like three hours later, really funny story. I looked through my, uh, Instagram DMS and I actually had an Instagram DM from this guy back when he was bodybuilding this coach because he was looking for uh he was looking for not from this guy from like one of his handlers because he was looking for uh he was looking for a bodybuilding coach so this email thread would have happened with him and this guy was so like uh this guy was so uh like passionate about getting Derek and the liver king to work together he sent him an email that he found that was saying the same things where it was like 
you know, he's on, you know, this, these, these PEDs. We think it could be really interesting and we could both get a lot of views if you were to break down his PED usage. Cause that's what that guy does. The, the Derek from more plays more. He like has these like natty or not things where he, the guy like nails, like what steroids people are using, what their dosages are. He's a Canadian guy. You mm. might like him. Mm. Um, I like his name. More plates, more dates. I mean, <laughs> gosh, but anyway, uh, First Canadian does. the moral, the moral of the story is that this guy has built this influence. Um, the guy's like, you know, he just, I don't know, maybe it comes out, you know, over the next few weeks that he just like played the matrix, right? And he's like, Hey, you know, just wanted to fool you guys and see what you guys could actually fall victim to doubt. That'll be the case, but it'd be really interesting if he did that. Um, but yeah, he grew, he grew all this influence. He, uh, denied this PED usage, uh, built a brand off of like anti PED and more like the tenants. And so that 10th tenant that he should add is, uh, definitely PEDs. He had, he had, he had interesting responses when people would ask him. Uh, I think it was like Mark Bell was the first one on that podcast to like really push him on the PED stuff. And uh, he looked like he was going to uh, admit it because he was like, yeah, I'm on PEDs. And then he's like, every day I perform, I execute, and I dominate. Those are the only <laughs> – so that was like his that was like his anti-PED line for like the next year was like, yes, all my PEDs are performing, executing, dominating. Um, so yeah, what are so your guys' thoughts on, what, what oh are your God. thoughts on just like, well, you can, you can, not, not him, not him specifically. Cause I don't well, think no, anyone I did, here knows. I did want to say the word that we were looking for is, uh, oddity, right? It's the, it's the odd and the abnormal that sells. You remember you're trying to find it like he's, remember we we're trying to say like, he's just, uh, he's this figure or he, he looks like the, it, it's just odd. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's that abnormality that actually sells, yep. you know? Because if he, I was just trying to think of it in a different universe without him being front facing, uh, how how probably further it, or sorry, not as far as it would have gotten, mm-hmm. but probably the tenants would have would have like bled out maybe more effectively. I don't know in a different world. I also feel a little bit uh, sad for him. You know, um, it's that it, you know I I see it I see it differently now over the past number of years of people getting uh, pulled into the machine and moving through populism to insecurities. Uh, to truth like that's the it's the downside i wrote down it's the downside of fantasy media today is that you're gonna like speak truth right but then if you continue to speak that everyone gets to see what true is you'll see all your insecurities everything is going to get laid out to the point where you're not going to be able to hide you know over time so i see he's 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 a it's a tragic figure Why, why this is important to live a larger life as well which will tie into my point too on uh elon musk and Yi and uh, the art or the person and, you know, um, a recap of the review that we had, um, this, this person, whether we like it or not, had like 3.5 million followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, there's a period after that, you know? So if you're like, well, they're not a real influencer in fitness, you're completely wrong. You know, you're, you're you, just because your perception is different based upon this person, they have monstrous influence for people. Yeah. So we need to be adults in the room to, to recognize, number one, this is a person, right? And then number two, say, well, what things can we take from it? He should have had like a, as a fun, funny side note, number 10 should have been juicing and he just made everyone like <laughs> question what he meant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause if you never talked to him, he could just say, oh, juicing is great. And everyone would have thought it was a Jack LaLanne move, you know? And then when you got him in person, he'd be like, dude, you know what juicing means. You know what I'm saying? He could have did that, but he didn't. But anyways, we got to see the unfortunate occurrence of this tragic figure from that 
yeah, lack of his insecurities basically I think the are shown full. Is like the lack of transparency or the lo- like the blatant lying. Um, there are so many influencers or personalities or athletes. Yeah, but in who's the responsible who are, for that? Are transparent. Who's responsible it. for that? He is. I mean, because there are other successful is it just people him? doing what he's doing and using PEDs and openly talking about it. Yeah. See, I and see it selling. a little differently. Yeah, I see it a little differently in this case. And maybe I never thought that we, you know, yeah. So what, what's it, the difference between what's the difference between him and it's the, it's the disgusting machine that's called influencing and fitness. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm gonna put some blame on that. I'm mm-hmm. gonna put some blame on that. So I'm not gonna. I mean, I can I could pull off some of the tenets that a young kid was like, oh, you know, eat more meat, exercise. You know, I could I could go on all day of those positive things. Uh, the lying aspect, my, you know, I'm not gonna argue that point. Yeah. I mean, he could have did it, back, but I'm a little empathetic to the machine of everyone now inside of having to say something about this human, mm-hmm. right? Something to say about a human, right? Who had who had faults. So I'm just saying, he's not the only one responsible for it. I think that's what I, I think yeah. that's what I mean by that when I say it. He's not the only one responsible. It's interesting because like the system. If we go back to celebrity tabloid days, you know, you, I think it was easier for people to draw a line to say like there is this group of people who this is their role to look a certain way and it's part of their career and their life and whatever 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 modifications they choose to make they have their reasons but there was like this line of delineation of like who does this and who doesn't. With social media, there's not that delineation. So like anyone scrolling who sees everyone, you it's not clear that there are certain protocols that are just done because mm-hmm. of the career choices and lifestyle choices. Yep. Uh, that PED use isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But when you're dishonest about it publicly and then obviously selling alternative solutions and monetizing off the back end of that without honesty, like that's, I don't know, I... I have a hard time with that. Oh, I can understand yeah. that point. And then I would still stress like, what was he selling? And is all of what he was selling leading to disease mm-hmm. or leading to dis depreciation of a human? Mm-hmm. So we can go down that road because I don't know enough about him, yeah. you know, so I can't technically speak about it. But if you're selling desiccated liver or you're selling a carnivore diet, I think that's far better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So if what you're selling on the back end is not PEDs, but you're selling quote unquote nine tenants and a lifestyle, but you have this facade. That's my point of what you I heard with the celebrity idea is the art versus the person, mm-hmm. right? So it, he has taken on and should be responsible for the artist role. Yeah, you do, you're a standing figure now, right? But does he have moral responsibility? That's where it gets a little, I don't know, that's where it gets a little great. I, I, yeah, I think you do if you're selling a false uh, North Star, right? Because um, people weren't buying the things to be healthier. They're buying the things to look like him. Right, that was that was the thing, right? So okay, so who's know, responsible for that knowledge? Not him. No, the I don't think I don't think he's re- yeah, out. I don't think he's responsible for the knowledge. You know, if we were to try to go around the room and propose a solution, and if I put my hand up and I said, you know, what what I think a good solution would be, it's how do we get people to not be influenced by people to a point mm-hmm. where they change their lives based on what someone is saying that they don't even know. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, you know, it, we live in a digital age. Social media is everywhere. Uh, people idolize, you know, many different types of people. But my question would have been, what is the difference between him and The Rock? Is yeah. there a difference between yeah. him and The Rock? Yeah, I just see a lot of people with a lot of hate towards him now who would say that exact same thing on the front end before he was popular. That's what I that's what I see or that's what I feel and hear. Right. Mm-hmm. So that same person who would say, no, he stands no right to be up there 
you know, being brash and selling this thing. And then soon as the shit hits the fan and he, you see truths and faults in a human, everyone piles on. Yeah, see, you know, you lied, you know, just a second now, you also raised him up. I'm not pointing fingers anywhere here, but yeah. the system yeah. raised him up. Sure. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's, I think there's a lot of voices inside that who, who loved the performance and the, and the drama of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I want to hold those people responsible who are now being hateful of that person, right? Of a human now. Think about this, right? And when really, and again, it becomes argumentative, the argument of like, oh, because he's selling this false... Well, what is he really selling? Yeah. Is he I, selling drugs? I'm no, sure he's not. Okay, he's, well... He's probably you know. really increased awareness by this whole PR issue, right? Because now people who weren't didn't know who he was or didn't pay yeah. much attention are yeah. now paying the, more the attention. The numbers that I just walked point. through, those were the numbers of him, of his followers, one week post this, which have gone up over the last yeah. week too, right? So... Um, there's so more even people drawing that, attention that's to why it, was, like you're saying is feeding the machine it's like politics yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah I mean it is a political maneuver he's like what's gonna get the hits but you see what I'm saying even that conversation we're all responsible for being a part of it mm-hmm. so the raising we are responsible for that too mm-hmm. but taking someone down on the back end of it when you know full well even back room you were like that guy's on drugs I don't know. And I'm not yeah. pointing the finger at you because you brought it up. I, yeah, yeah. Think, but I just, I, I feel, you know, I, I don't, don't, I don't know think if he'll be torn down from this. I think he'll go on and it'll still be fine. People and what does that tell you? In a minute, people won't care. Right. What does that tell yeah. you? Right. Yeah. The whole thing was positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That I mean, a tragic figure. I, th- I think, uh, I don't know. I wasn't one of those people that were raising him up. Um, I was aware of him before this happened though. Um, but the people that were raising them up, it's like, what, what does that mean? Were they buying his products because they thought they would turn into him? Were they following him because it was just entertainment? Um, you have to who, ask those people. Yeah, who was actually disappointed with the lie across you know the, the year and a half or whatever it was? Um, who was actually affected personally by the lie? I'm sure there was some, right? But yeah. like those are the questions we'd have to ask. If yeah. I was affected by the lie, um, I... I hope I would look in the mirror and be like, how the heck did you allow yourself to be affected by this lie on this dude that you saw on TikTok, right? Like, so I think I would point the finger at myself, but maybe I would have some disappointment that the guy lied to me and I like, oh, you know, spend X yeah. amount of dollars you can hold both and of them. blah, blah, blah. You can the, hold both of them. The thing I like, I'm trying to wrap my head around how I feel about this, but it's the spectacle and the behavior that then, especially younger people go about and emulate that really bothers me. Like, i.e. to grow up, to be successful, to look good, to attract women, to, you know, to just be the picture of success, I have to act like this brash idiot and put on these stunts and now I'm going to try and do what he did so I can achieve the level of success that he achieved. I'm not just saying that he's the only person doing that. There's a lot of people saying, hey, look at me. And there's so much opportunity to gain attention doing stupid stuff. And you do see it like emulated in the behavior of, again, like especially young boys uh, with people like the Liver King. Yeah, yeah. Who's, I would say fault I'd say that? it's a good argument, or I th- think it's a good conversation because he just said it as well on some versus a lot. Because because you said a lot, or so you said some, and you said a lot. So I, I would I would think it's very few that were actually affected by that in the idolat- idolatry concept of it. Because um, I just thought about uh, the classic avatar thirteen year old male looking out into society today. They have ample options, right? They have artists who are 
smacking females behinds by a pool that are like their man. You know what I'm saying? I could come up with multiple different, no, th- honestly, like, and probably far larger of an influence based upon that. Sure. To your point, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. good. I, I want to include it to mean that, yeah, we do have a significant issue in the concept of idolatry or people, th- that young avatar looking up to that person. I think that's what yeah. we should pull, yeah. pull, th- the, pull through this. Yeah, what, which what is kind that? of what you said, right? Like, how do we, how do we help? You can't block it. I can tell you that. Prevent, or how do we help people not be affected, so influenced by people, yeah. to where they make life-changing decisions? And yeah, I think people just need to know that. You know, know who they um, are. Yeah, I, I don't think so, because I, I, th- I think a lot of young kids don't know who they are, right? Um, but not using another person to determine who you think you want to be, I yeah. think, is something that we need to challenge people on. Um, you know, because I don't think that there's anything wrong necessarily with following someone that's, you know, doing a bunch of stupid things if that thing is just entertaining to you. Um, you know, <laughs> me and Carson watched a video the other day of this guy walking around San Diego for 15 minutes, uh, fake farting in like people's responses. That was hilarious to me. I'm not going to now yeah. go out and walk around and fake fart and try to make, <laughs> <laughs> you might <laughs> and try to make those videos. Uh, and Please he link and he, that in the notes. <laughs> such a good video. Um, but no, it's like, you know, like we, we do use some things as entertainment and, you know, just because I watch a, because I watch a movie or a video game is played doesn't mean that we need to emulate that behavior, right? Yeah. If, as long as we understand, like, this is where this sits, you know, someone use, uses like bad language in a, in a movie. It's like, you got to tell your kids, like, just because you heard that doesn't mean you go out and you spout it. Yeah. Or if the artist is, uh, next to a pool and smacking women's, uh, behinds doesn't mean that you go to school and you do that because it's cool right so it's just like understanding that um so i think the challenge is how do we how do we yet let i want to say young people but it's also it's everyone right like how do we how do we make that apparent where it's just like there's a difference between this thing this spectacle and and reality because that's not reality right yeah it's like jackass the movie came with a don't try this at home warning mm-hmm. but social media influences don't come with a don't try this at, at home yeah. warning they like fat loss injections and the skinny teas mm-hmm. uh, just to like give some more feminine examples of that playing out where you're sold an image of what you think you want to be but there's actually stuff happening behind the scenes that you're not aware of so yeah we just like we all need that like warning sticker uh, yeah. i think slapped on yeah. not us i hope not us but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say this and i hope you guys know what i mean by it um or people listening i'm not saying like all people like don't trust people i'm not saying that by any means but uh people will always let you down Right. Like if you put anyone on a pedestal, they will eventually let you down. If you build someone up in your head to be like this. Lord thing. Rx monologue. <laughs> it's only, what, what's the cost per month? That's my Are you talking about that last today? week. No, oh, last oh, week last was my last monologue week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Just public figures that we put on this. Yeah, they're always going to yeah, they're always going to let you down, right? So like we've used that term uh idolatrize a few times uh over the past few weeks. And I've never said it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> we we've used that term, but it's like that's a real thing. We sh- we shouldn't do that especially with people that we don't know, right? Um, I think it's admirable for a young kid to to look up to their parents, right? And it's like, I'm not saying don't look up to your parents. I'm just saying, like, don't go out in the public sphere and just, like, look look at people to put on a pedestal. And when they eventually let you down, i.e. this guy saying, I'm not using PEDs, and the people that were actually hurt were the people that put him on a pedestal and are actually disappointed about it where we're sitting in here laughing about it and saying like, ha ha ha, how can people, but there are people that believed it. Right. Um, 
So I don't know. My big takeaway would just be like, stop putting people on a pedestal, right? Because uh, they'll they'll always disappoint you. Don't meet your heroes. That's what they say, right? <laughs> don't what? Don't meet your heroes. Oh, meet them. Yeah, yeah. don't meet oh. them. But today don't it's impossible now because you'll be let down. They're everywhere now, That's right? True. Yeah, they're That's on true. social media. They're yeah. you know you you get well, you, you hear all the you dirt, think right? You're meeting them. Yeah, you, you, yeah you hear all the social. Yes. It's called yeah. the parasocial relationship. I think uh, to add to what you would say with your question of a solution, or I don't even know if you asked the question of solution, but is to uh, educate on how young minds are influenced. Even an 8-year-old can discuss that. A 10-year-old can discuss that. A 12, 14, 16, 18. They can discuss that conversation as opposed to just saying, no, here's the rules. You're not going to watch that. This is what we got to do. Um, you're also going to say, this is how they are influencing you. Are you getting that? And they're like, no, I don't get it. That's okay. Uh, but I did mention it. Yeah. So then it starts to see the sow, sow the seeds for them looking out being like oh interesting you know and so. expose people to expose young people to people that are doing good things right oh um, for sure yep but without saying because they're doing good things inherently they're a good person that will never do any wrong yeah. um because there's a difference between you know being a, a good person and doing good things it's tough to find a good person that's because no one shares it yeah that's a good point because <laughs> their intentions are correct yeah <sighs> All right. You're up, G. So that's the, that's the, liver, that's G. the liver king. That was a light one. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about vaping because, uh, and you were going to hit this one yes, last week, Carl. Yes. I had it as my backup topic, but I'm bringing it back. And bringing there's been a lot, bringing back the vaping. There's been a lot of conversation uh, in the media, uh, in research around vaping recently, um, specifically in young people, in middle schoolers and high schoolers. And to start off the conversation, I just want to couch it in a few stats that have come out uh, in the last couple of months uh, from the CDC and then from some other places. But we're looking at about two and a half million US and middle high school students that are using actively using e-cigarettes in 2022, which is actually down from 2019. It peaked like somewhere above 5 million in 2019. So it does seem like things are trending down. 85% of these users are using flavored e-cigarettes and then 50% of them are using disposable e-cigarettes. So these are two uh, ideas I want you guys to hang on to as we continue this conversation. While the number of kids in, in all totality using uh, vaping uh, has gone down, the move from 2014 to 2021 has been of greater intensity. And that like intensity score of kids vaping is measured by a few variables. So kids are starting earlier. There's an earlier age of initiation. There's a higher frequency now. So uh, at the moment, 27% of users are vaping daily. Uh, talking about median e-cigarette use in 2014 and 2018, it was three to five days per month that kids were vaping. In 2019 to 2020, it was six to nine days. And then in 2021, it was uh, 10 to 19 days per month uh, as the average use. So we've gone in the last, you know, call it eight years from three to five days up to 10 to 19 days. There's greater symptoms of addiction that are being reported, including more kids starting first thing in the morning. So within five minutes of waking, they're grabbing that pen and they're vaping. And just overall concern is that um, cigarette smoking like has been on the decline, which is a really good positive thing uh, for the trajectory of human health. But there is fears that e-cigarette usage could, could see a reversal in that. So that's kind of where we're at. Some of the stats around usage for those middle and high school populations. 
let's talk a little bit about regulation and like what's actually happening with uh, with the FDA primarily and how that's trickling down to the way uh, e-cigarettes are sold uh, and ultimately what that means for young use. So in 2022, there was a push by the FDA to ban the flavored uh, cartridge e-cigarettes to only allow tobacco and menthol. However, this didn't include the disposable uh, e-cigarettes, which are now 50% of what's being used by kids. So that's a kind of hole in that decision to to ban it there and just kind of shows that like whack-a-mole uh, situation that happens with regulation around around drug use, basically, right? You like, you, you think you've stamped down on something and then it pops up in another form. There's always a loophole to get through. And then this was like <laughs> kind of shocking to me, but it was in 2020 that the FDA required all e-cigarette products apply for and receive regu- regulatory approval in order to stay on the market. I-, I couldn't believe that that wasn't a requirement in the first place to go on the market. So that felt a little bit shocking. And then they were absolutely overwhelmed by 8 million applications. So only now are they slowly getting through that huge buildup of applications that came in and we're starting to actually see some positive change uh, where you know there, there may be some moves in the right direction to reduce access to these e-cigarette products. So just to give like a couple of examples of that happening right now. So there was a company called Logic that was denied uh, a application for menthol e-cigarettes. This was the very first time that that had happened for menthols. They were typically categorized separately from like the fruity flavors that tend to be more popular to kids. Uh, There was a company called Juul that uh, the FDA attempted to pull all of their products. There was a huge suit actually uh, against them that was settled for $435 million back in September with three dozen states because they'd been marketing specifically to youth, uh, showing kids like in advertisements, holding launch parties where underage kids were getting access to uh, to these cigarettes uh, and just ultimately not being upfront about the addictiveness of the products. And then just yesterday, I read this this morning, Morning, um, Jewel, this company has agreed to settle five thousand like individual lawsuits. Uh, so we'll see that you know play out uh, in the in the coming days and months. Individual states as well are introducing bans on uh, all flavored tobacco products. So we are going to see. I know I think it was California, Washington. There was a couple more that have said no more to like flavored uh, e-cigarettes at all. And then uh, like really where the concern is, is that this ban just hasn't made any impact, partly because of the slow process uh, to go through all these applications, but largely because uh, of these loopholes of disposable devices and then the refillable pods. And an article I read that I'll link kind of outlined, there's three areas that make e-cigarettes super attractive to children. Number one is flavor. We're attempting to fix that. Number two is nicotine, which is highly addictive and you start on it and you're going to keep going on it. And then number three is price and this nicotine and price thing. So I'll just read this out here. So companies have steadily increased the concentration of nicotine in their e-cigarette fluids from about 1% to 6% or higher. Mm -hmm. For 20 bucks, a teenager can buy the nicotine equivalent of several cartons of cigarettes, roughly the equivalent of 40 packs or 800 cigarettes, which... uh, yeah, that, that was shocking. That's crazy. So nicotine and price are still two huge hurdles that need to be overcome if we're going to, you know, hit on those three areas that make vaping an attractive solution to kids. Did you see or read anything around the connection to um, like the CBD pens in connection to the use of nicotine pens in children? Because from what I've witnessed when I see children, it's typically alternating between the two at different times during the day. CBD or THC? Like 
Uh, I, I'm not sure, actually. Pro- my ignorance, I don't know the category as well. But CBD would be... Um, different versions of it. Yeah, THC would be what you get high off. So I, I assume... I, I'm sure there are all three, yeah. correct, in these pens. I don't know what youth have access to purchase I or not. I can tell you they're not taking it for not CBD. Not CBD, yeah. <laughs> so we can make it's that probably assumption. probably THC. Make that jump. Why would they do it if but, it's not going to be... But it seems yeah. to be like once kick. they start using one, they use the other. And when and you're it's saying this, what are we talking about for ages? Youth. Um, t- preteen, teen. So these these studies were looking at middle school and high schoolers. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. None of this, this only talked about um, nicotine specifically. There was no conversation in all of this around the use of weed um, through through pens, which is obviously super so, prevalent as I well. And I believe that there's not high school regulation around, like, they p- students can use these pens on campus. I don't know that they're I've allowed seen, to or not, but yeah. it's really, the thing that makes it so, um, I think that that's made them so popular is they're really easy to conceal. It's super easy to, like, oh. puff on a pen and, you know, the, the smell doesn't linger on you like it would with a traditional cigarette. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have this lit thing. You can take one inhale and then put it in your pocket and get but back to nicotine. work. But it's nicotine. Yes. And we're okay with it for 15-year-olds. That I'm not certain about. Is there I, I a legal, the legal age, age for buying? But I, and obviously saying, like, it is prolifer. It's it's a it lot creates, of these youth are, are yeah, it creates it confusion here. It's it almost like people hiding liquor. You know, just use an analogy it's on the side. It's like there's a separate way to you know intra IV liquor during the day. So, know, but, it's, so but that's not happening. But, but nicotine is like oh well, you know, nicotine is okay to to do that. Even I, though the purchasing age is 18, I mean, I personally witnessed young 14, 15 year olds. Using that? these pens heavily. It might be 21 now, actually. I think they have, uh, in 2019, they raised the um, age from 18 to 21. So all this data is illegal use? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got okay. It. Yeah. And self-reported, like kids yeah. reporting. Got it. But that's, I mean, cigarettes have always, you, you couldn't buy cigarettes as a kid, sure. and that didn't mean that yeah, kids yeah. didn't smoke. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because, uh, well, I was going to ask you, Georgia, and then you hit it at the end. Uh, if you could just walk through the mechanics, which you did, like why the heck are kids even uh, using them? Uh, flavor. I think nicotine is probably number. Nicotine is definitely number one, right? Like uh, the addictive properties of of nicotine and like the benefits that that people perceive that they gain from nicotine. That's a very very powerful drug. Um, you feel on it. Um, improves cognitive function. Um, you know a lot of things like self perceived things that occur there. Um, I recommend young adults to try pre CrossFit workout next Go ahead and keep going. <laughs> the the whack-a-mole conversation interesting as well because that came from like the like cigarette usage cigarette smoking is down right but now we're starting to see this on the rise so um i know you mentioned to close as well they're looking at like the the benefits of you know cigarette related health issues going down uh but we actually don't know the uh the, the vaping there are health huge risks, risks quite, that started but, to come out yeah. not long term. Yeah, we don't know the long term. Like, so it's like, you know, are we are we trading cigarettes for something that might be even more dangerous because of the amount of nicotine, the amount of uh, the amount of, of vape that people are putting in their lungs versus smoke? Right? It's like I don't know. I'm guessing it's like probably 10x because it's they're just like doing it all day long, right? Um, but when you look at uh, cigarette rates down. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of things. This is what I, what I had that I wanted to walk through, but, uh, us adults all time low of 11% are smoking cigarettes. Um, that has fallen from 35% in the past two decades. Um, there's a, a strong edu- education correlation. So college graduates are 7%, about 7% less likely to smoke. Uh, 20 years ago, this was at 18%. 
for college graduates. So it seems like people are just, you know, smarter. So I'm like not putting uh Before you go any further, are you lungs. willing to accept that uh, smoking acceptance is also down tremendously? Oh, for yeah. sure. Okay. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I think that's I'm the, not I think too that's sure the, I think on twenty four percent. I think that's the biggest reason why it's down. Mm-hmm. Because because yeah, cool. thirty years ago it was cool. Yeah. Fifty years ago it was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning in a plane, your doctor, etc. Yeah. So I just want to be careful of saying thirty five to eleven percent, thinking that oh that's a massive gain for twenty four percent of people not smoking. Maybe people are just not reporting that they're smoking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think the. I, think I still the, see a lot of people smoking. Like, let's I'm think just... about, you know, how we felt. This is the second story. Sorry to stop you on your the, family, No, this is the second just... story that we talked about, the boat. How did we feel when the guy on the boat started smoke, like lit up a cigarette and started smoking the cigarette, right? Yeah. It was just like, that's weird, dude. Like, why are you doing that? Especially yeah. there's people around you, right? So I know. that's like. And I'm saying the culture made us say that. Yeah. But because that, I do. Because 20 years ago, it was like, oh, a guy's going to smoke. I, do I, mean, be- I still hate it, but a guy's going to smoke. Yeah, and I, I do was believe. like, oh, you're smoking. So it's the perception that changed. But based on that perception, I do believe that. I don't think people are like hiding in their rooms. I mean, there's some, but I don't think a large percentage of people are hiding their smoking. I think But you're less willing people... to say that, that that number is a little. Uh, okay, well, I'm saying it. 35 to 11, I don't believe it. I think yeah. the reporting numbers need a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more. I, gosh, it's believable. I'm not going to go all in on that it's, one, but I'm yeah, just it's saying, believable like, to me. But I, I, I agree with you that the reason why it's, but we agree it's not on the reason culturally anymore. Yeah, but I think that's why people aren't doing it, or people aren't even thinking about starting it. I don't think you know? so. You just said it. Nicotine is not. That's not super simple. But they're getting it from, and, and we'll walk. Well, we'll talk about that because the absolute numbers don't add up. If you're going to say that 24 percent of smokers down, and all those people have now adopted no. into nicotine. No, so no. e cigs is up. Yeah, e cigs is up uh, at a rate of 15 percent in that same. I'm looking at 18 to 29. Georgia was looking at a little bit younger, but e cigarettes are up 15 percent in that same age rate. Also, marijuana usage is up to 26 percent. Uh, and they only started tracking in 2013, so they they don't go back uh, two decades. But marijuana usage is up from 17% to 26%. E-cigs is up from obviously zero because they didn't exist to, to 15%. So when we look at that decrease from 35 to 12 of cigarettes, it's just being made up like Georgia's whack-a-mole cor- correlation, just being made up with, uh, with weed and, and e-cigarettes. Yeah, I think that complicates it, really. It, it's like, I, I don't know where to start on picking one thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. it, which is which is a fascinating, I think. This and the is rise my, of edibles as this well. This is my like, opinion. I know that, like, yeah. adds confusion to it. But I think, this is my opinion, is that, because based upon what I know in terms of who bought, when those regulations came down, who bought all these e-cigarettes, Big Tobacco did. Yeah. So Big Tobacco, you can just say, I mean, it doesn't. it's not direct line, but Big Tobacco owns e-cigarettes. If you start with that premise... And then you look back at the story, people lowering the numbers in cigarette usage, all these fear mongering, oh, the e-cigarettes can help you get off cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like who's the best to own that story, right? And then for sure, they should get a $500 million um, knock to say like, you can't be making them, you know, and saying that you're just helping adults get off cigarettes by making them colorful and little packets and discreet. I mean, come on. But anyways, it. Uh, it just shows you how powerful and how much money was inside of Big Tobacco that they could make this move to kind of keep, still keep people addicted to that one thing, which is nicotine. This is the, and this is even outside of our conversation. Like the fact we're having a conversation on people um, even having some questioning of the health associations with that, 
I'm not even sure where to start with that because then it includes like marijuana smoking and, uh, you know, mindfulness and, you know, rehabilitation. Like all this stuff then gets clouded inside. I was hoping maybe you, you, you saw uh, the, a connector between the states that had the states that had allowed legal marijuana usage. And the change in e-cigarette, uh, anything? I didn't say that. I didn't dig into marijuana at all. Okay. Because so. you know what I mean? There could be a, a subset. You know, people are like, oh, I mean, it's, it's legal in state. I'm 19 or I'm sure I'm not even sure what the legalities were. Yeah, a lot of the, I, I dig into a little bit. A lot of the states that legalized, they saw a, a substantial spike in marijuana usage initially. And a lot of people just didn't like it. <laughs> so they stopped or they just like didn't continue taking it. But the net gain. People of, taking it didn't like it? Yeah, a lot of people, because, I mean, it has, especially, like, when we start looking at, like, purity and, like, real THC, okay. uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of side effects. Uh, I know, I just, people don't, they that, weren't getting the good stuff that out, people they're getting don't shitty love. stuff. Obviously. No, they're getting, the, the stuff is too good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like. And they're not liking it because it's too good. Well, yeah, the, the side effects, like, uh, when you talk about, like, oh. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you remember the conversation 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, it was like, I can't smoke weed because I get anxious. Now it's like, oh my gosh, I have an edible and my heart is racing out of my chest and I am so scared that everything is going to attack me, right? So the anxiety from the drug is just exacerbated because of the purity of 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 an edible. I find that's yeah. saying that people edible. are getting off it because they get such a well, companies are effect. like it's pretty cr- crazy and like irresponsible actually. Like the concentration of THC that's going into like a small gummy, and I think that'll continue to increase over time because there's certainly people that have a tolerance for it and there is a demand for it. But then you've got like you know 50 year old like mom and dad that like are going to the you know the shop to have a relaxed Friday evening and they buy that not realizing. Oh, they don't ask the right questions. They buy that and then they have a terrible experience. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mm. know. Big, big weed is a whole other uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it, it, to your point, edibles and weed, is, it makes it makes it a convoluted conversation. And yeah. I think that's what big tobacco wants. That's yeah. what I think I'm they want to have. I'm interested to know like uh, with you guys in chats with the, the guy, the boys and the girls, like what is the word on the street perception with your kids? I think my girls perceive it as unhealthy that's not, i don't know if that's the language that we use it's not uh it hasn't been around the supper table a lot so i don't think it's in the in their periphery they don't see it happening all the time but uh leanne and i do point it out right uh, especially some of the initial stuff that you had to do a little digging but remember the like the popcorn lungs and the stuff that people were getting because they were putting their own shit inside the vape you mm-hmm. know years ago and it was causing all these issues and and leanne and i were like what the hell like these kid and i had friends who their son was hiding it from them and the usage of that so that would be my like lens of it but it's not a lot i don't know if you yeah could. very similar on like the vaping slash cigarette idea it's like almost like you know silly um like why the heck would someone put that in their body um we'll see where that is i'm very young kids so it's not like they feel like that at 11 so they're gonna feel like that forever um but the the weed thing because uh, we went to vegas uh a year and a half ago two years ago and um I know weed is legal here in Arizona, but in Vegas, everyone just feels like they have to, because it's legal, they have to smoke it every, every square inch. I think that's because it's Vegas and everyone's at a party. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you like 
middle yes. of like streets, like yeah. everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. people could do it in Scottsdale, but yeah. they don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people come to Vegas uh, from a place where it's not legal, and they're oh. like, I need to take advantage of this, so I need okay, to always it. be smoking weed, mm-hmm. and it's cool to smoke it walking down the there street. There was weed shops everywhere in Canada, just yeah. wanted, as an ant. They're as everywhere as now. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I yeah, I saw them like. There's one right next to every us. war. Well, that's a that's what's it's it called? It's just a, a, a distributor. They don't actually sell. They don't sell it. Oh, yeah. So okay. there's that's where all the shit it's is. It's the hub. It's yeah. a good spot. <laughs> we got the um, hookup. People are people are pointing out on a map where Opex is right now. No, but uh, like on the weed thing, Roman so trucks. so I had to have the conversation on like what is it and you know why do people smoke it and um, yeah, just rule of thumb is you know anything that changes your state of consciousness and your decision making abilities is something that you should stay away from. So. Um, that's the like light conversation now. Um, but it's like, you know, luckily we're not having like deep conversations on why you shouldn't smoke weed, but yeah, I'm um, smirking here because this is, this does tie into like, I think it's, it's, it's almost uncomfortable with us being purists on health to discuss it, but it's a Liberty versus health conversation because where does caffeine, where does over exercising, where does addictions to sugar where does medications like this all get to your point, yeah. right? That changes up your consciousness. Yeah. I think that's where there is a dividing line. I agree with, you. I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's a freedom and Liberty thing that we all want to have, but there is some argument in the constraints that are, that yeah. are inside of there. Yeah. I'm going with, I'm going currently with that with my daughters now on caffeine. I use a different language, but the mm-hmm. same idea. Right. But their, their friend, their girlfriends are hooked. Like Mostly energy drinks or coffee? The full repertoire for the whole day now. <laughs> Starting the day. Now they're getting out with Starbucks mugs, 13 years of age. Getting out of Starbucks mugs, 7.30 a.m. as we line up. You know, so to anyways, I, I, you'd been, you see what I'm saying? It's like, are you all get me on that? Like yeah, caffeine yeah. Is, is extremely totally. conscious changing yeah. and extremely metabolically changing, extremely neuro degenerative over time like i mean gut oh my god so i don't know where, where do we start yeah i don't know where how where you guys sit on like the thought of gluttony and why gluttony is not good but that's where we have a lot of conversations on you know and it's not just food right like not yeah. just over consuming food um but like if we look at it and this isn't from like i'm not having these conversations with my kids yet um hopefully i don't really need to have them but even uh sexualization right um gluttony and like you know, lusting over someone all the time or, you know, consuming pornography and stuff like that is a form of gluttony. Like I need to do it and I need to have it all the time. I'm addicted to it. Uh, food and the overconsumption of food, that is gluttony, right? The overconsumption of caffeine and it's like, I need it. I need to have it all the time. That's gluttony. The over-exercising, like that would fall into gluttony as well, where it's like, I need to do it three times a day and I need to liver king this bad boy up, right? That's mm. gluttony. So, um, yeah, kind of, where my head went initially when you when you went there was just like yeah the overconsumption of anything or the overactivity in 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 certain places uh, is not a great idea and that's just connected to that idea of gluttony in my own head yeah yeah, yeah. I love that uh, my rule of thumb is not on that um, <clears throat> I'm always fearful of that for kids then seeing it as a moral position as it being right or wrong because I don't want them seeing caffeine and the abuse of caffeine as being a right or a wrong or overconsumption of it. That's a, I'm just a little bit more cautious of it with similar, you know, maybe different language, but I, I wouldn't use it as that. Um, but that's good for yeah. our listeners. You can get multiple different angles of how you're going to tackle mm-hmm. that. <sighs> Man. I just always attack that's, morality with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that can get you, that can get you quite far. Yeah. I, I, gosh, I think it comes that's down to I, awareness with consumption of anything, right? Especially when it can sh- 
can change your uh, consciousness. Are you aware that it's changing your consciousness or not? And this is the our, always our hard shit is that yeah. there's a lot of 14-year-olds out there with parents who are not going to have the conversation on that Correct. awareness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, But even with that awareness, if it feels good and you you know the you know we i know we use the term trade-offs a lot thanks you thank you thomas soul but you know the trade-offs but you're willing to continue to do it because it just feels really good right it's like i don't think awareness and this is my personal opinion i don't think awareness is enough and that's why i always talk about like the morality behind things not always mm-hmm. but I, I bring a lot of yeah. things back to there because it's like you know what is what is the thing that's going to make us um, really question the decision uh, because if it's a good or bad thing and if they're like, hey, the trade-offs are freaking worth it, right? Like I'm going to continue to do this thing until I die uh, might not be enough for some people. Um, not saying awareness isn't the answer. I yeah. think people need to have awareness as yeah. well, but I don't yeah. know. That's, awareness that's kind of and then education, you know, but somehow they, we got to have the conversation to probably make a unifying language. There has to be conversation, you know, on the whole thing with everyone involved, right? To talk about the rights and the wrongs and the effects and outcomes, et cetera. Um, to be fair, to be fair though, you, that... to be fair, you did say, you know, personal liberty and, and what you said, making people aware, just talking about like a, the adult yeah. population that yes. can make their own decisions. Yes. They have the liberty, they're aware of it. Now it's up to them. Make yeah. the, make the decision or not. Like we're not chasing down, you know, the, the percentages of, of adults that are, you know, yeah. uh, vaping and they, they understand the consequences. It's like, Hey, you understand the consequences, the consequences. What do you want us to do? Like government isn't going to, you know, come in. It's not their job to come in and save your lives from making stupid decisions. So yeah, we do have the, the, the hard liberty. thing for me we about vaping liberty. is we just don't know the consequences. No, right? I mean, but we, but we, we do, do, but, but we to don't. An extent. You're right. Yeah. We've yeah. taken You're both things right. through your lungs, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just nicotine. In general, we know lots about nicotine. Yeah. We don't have good longer-term studies on marijuana use, though. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to combat that, Georgia, but I, yeah, I'm not no, confident enough why to. Am I, stuck I guess too. of recreational th- use yeah, yeah, of yeah, marijuana yeah, yeah, because sure. it hasn't been legal for long enough yeah, for us yeah, to yeah. really understand it. I'm sure we do on like, like cancer patients and, and yeah. things. Yeah, there's extensive. And there's nothing to say. Like There absolutely is to say if you smoke it that you're going to have issues. As well. uh, if you have pre-existing um, like mental health disorders, there yeah. can be issues. But for people that don't smoke it and don't have that, there's nothing that really points to long-term negative mm-hmm. health yeah. outcomes. So, I mean, it's interesting. I think we would all – like let's go around for a second uh not actually but uh in conversation if we were to say like uh do we have enough knowledge of physiology and what drugs do uh to the brain where we could say confidently if you're 17 years old you should not consume marijuana like you shouldn't take edibles and you shouldn't smoke weed because of the development and what's happening in the brain and how something like marijuana can stunt that development uh, in, in your frontal lobe particularly, right? Because there are trials that do say, you know, what this is what's happening from a um, psychoactive standpoint in the frontal lobe when you are high, yeah. right? And we do know that, you know, if that's interrupted in a developing brain, that that brain will likely not develop how it would have if it was not interrupted, right? Um, from like a 25-year-old up, I don't know, right? Like uh, to your point, there is no, there's no long-term recreational <sighs> studies yeah, on but- yeah, but who's gonna who's gonna create that as outcomes? If you had that as outcomes, that this led to dependency on other like style uh, usage of drugs, 
how is that going to be yeah, promoted? Maybe. How is that going to make money for the big system? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Someone I, uh, that's someone that's I, like someone that's like, oh, take this opioid instead. Maybe I don't know. They're like, yeah. stop buying mm-hmm. weed, but take our thing instead. Yeah, yeah. it's a hard one. It's I, a tough one. I can't be. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is not a conversation for today. But I'm like, I'm a believer in. I'm not a believer in abstinence with stuff like drugs. To like have an obvious example, right? Like I do think. There are risks to certain behaviors that we take, but sometimes we learn more from doing them than not from doing them about like how we're going to continue to live the rest of our lives. And it's something I've thought about, like when I have kids, like what is that conversation going to look like? Because the conversation I had with my parents was like, here's what it is, kind of laying out the pros and cons. Let us know uh, if you're going to do something like this and like, let's have a conversation about it together. Just don't hide stuff from us was like always the number one thing. And it's worked out to date, but it doesn't always work out and kids will go and take risks and make decisions for themselves. So I just, I don't really know where I sit there, but I do know that I, I do believe that sometimes you have to experience things to ultimately arrive at a decision. It's not enough for someone to tell you uh, and it's not enough for you to like without experience weigh up the pros and cons. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Gosh, I think it depends. On it what does. It <laughs> Like I would, like, I don't agree with that when it comes to like, you know, do cocaine cause you might learn some things from it. Like I would never, ever, ever give that advice to anyone. Like, I don't think that there's anything that someone can learn from doing cocaine that will make them better off in the long term. Yeah. It's a tough, retort. You? <laughs> it's tough to retort no, on that because no, there is a continuum, you, right? For sure. But then if you say don't do it, like it, I guess human behavior is to like want to press the red button. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I'm not saying, oh, yeah. sorry, so sorry, still Georgia, exists. Georgia, sorry. I was stuck on the idea that if someone were not to do that, there's things that they wouldn't experience and would therefore make their lives less good because they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from on the like, you know, banning, restricting, don't ever do this. Don't yeah. worry about why I know best. I'm with you on that yeah. where that can, that can be really dangerous. Um, but the thought of like, if you don't do it, your life will, there's a chance that your life will be worse because you didn't experience sure. doing cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Strength is the greatest deterrence. We'll use a Ronald Reagan quote to kind of tie <laughs> this in. No, being resilient is it, uh, my, my point on it is that I don't know how people find time to do all that. If you got lots of time in your life, I guess you got lots of time, but I don't know how people, I said it with the alcohol episode is like, you got time to do those kind of things, then that's fine. You know, and again, that's the liberty thing is you got time, you want to do it, you're free to do it, you're an adult, you know, go ahead and do it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how people find time to do those things. Yeah. But it's just. Maybe this is something we'll talk about when we get dig into another hot topic we didn't cover this week, which is AI taking over. Yeah, that'd be, that will connect in the. Giving people I don't know why I'm time. pointing you each time, but you brought it up, I think, because you said you wanted to have a tech. Yeah, we talked oh, no, about it. I was sitting there. You were sitting here. Yeah, because it was messing messing or meshing with tech. Mm-hmm. And then we said we need to bring that in a. Yeah. Well, this week we had the Lenza app taking over the internet, uh, replacing huh? artists. Oh, so is that the thing where people are like paying for. Paying $4 an app to like it's crazy. Create, create pictures of themselves mm-hmm. to post on social media, which is using an AI technology or using AI to create the art it's kind of scary the time that we all thought we needed to see how we were going to look when we're 80 (laughs) (laughs) get to know our hosts and a sneak peek behind the scenes of the live a larger life show when you follow us on instagram at live a larger life we look forward to chatting with you there not forgotten i still have to go here yeah james Um, what you got all american of the week uh elon musk um 
and the un-American Isn't of the he African? week is ye. Uh, you'd be considered a African American. <laughs> South, South African American. Um, and uh, the un-American award of the of the week is uh, Kanye West. And the interplay between both of those, it's just a, I don't know, it's just a fascinating uh, through line of our entire topic today on performance and um, the artist versus the person and the dilemmas that come with that, you know, just the, I do have, I listened to Camille Foster speak about, uh, Kanye's story. I, I should say I'm, I'm more, I'm more so listening to Lex Freeman and Camille on Kanye's story. Um, and excuse me for, cause I can't pronounce yay actually effectively, but, um, <laughs> you did it right. Yay. Like, no, I'm, I'm seeing, he said uh, ye before I was like, who's ye? Yeah. Again, I don't know. Maybe Just call it's, him Kanye. Maybe, I, I refuse to call him that name. <laughs> Bro, your name is Kanye. Maybe, maybe it's my experiences. Um, you know, I don't know why for the energy, maybe just for the show, but I feel for him. Like I, I really do. This is a person who in my, my, this is not the first time someone says this, but my belief he's sick. Like he, he, he is, um, he's a really unwell individual at this point in his life. And it's really unfortunate because, uh, he did have like, like five years ago, I could have honestly flipped these awards. I could have, and I could have spoke about how un-American Elon was in some of the moves that he was making based upon China and the regulations for making of the cars. Like, I could have flipped it. So, anyways, it just makes me question the dilemma around looking at the artist versus looking at the person. Because my, I can tell you, my forerunner is bouncing when Kanye West is on and my girls are in there. And uh, I don't know if the the uh, the album is, is it Graduation? College so, Dropout. College Dropout. Oh, he has graduation too. Yeah, has oh, graduation. Yeah, yeah. graduation. That, that's came the, off. Done. That was that's after, the yeah. one. I mean, we're just. It's great. Did you? See yeah, it? but see, like college dropouts, like it's. Mm-hmm. But I'm. So but this is this is the this is the thing. Anyways, that's the dilemma. That's what's going on in my brain in terms of, um, you know, I forget who said it. I think it was Camille. Is like someone in his periphery has to like have an effect on him. Has to pull him aside, right? And he he. I don't think he's got anyone. And then you got to say, well, who's responsible if you're going to push away everyone in that periphery? Or maybe you can't listen to. And that's why I say he's unhealthy, because when you're unhealthy cognitively like that, you can't actually listen very effectively. Um, When someone's telling you like, man, you're that one thing that you said, you know, a couple months ago, that could lead to not so many good things. And that that all that's all it took. And but no one was there for him for that. So anyways, this does not I'm not going to clear my throat to kind of, you know, talk about all the shit that went on and what statements he made, you know, I'm hoping we're all adults can understand that, that, that shit is horrible. Um, that the statements that were made, but I, I don't know. I'm just feeling for him at that time at this time anyways. And at the same time, Elon Musk, uh, with regards to, um, you know, just his responsibility, I think to the public, uh, to the Republic, honestly, with regards to, uh, the information that can be shared to this company that he now owns. I think it's wonderful. And I think it's a uh, parallel to his story back in the aughts of saying, you know, these, uh, internal combustion engines, I'm going to change the entire industry based upon it. And that's, that's a big middle finger. And I, I think he's kind of doing it maybe with his ring finger today. I'm reading, um, he's an opportunist. No, no sure. escape. Elon. He's Correct. an opportunist. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's, co- yeah. If we want to come back, we got time for it. I have a differing opinion of that. Um, I, I would call them strategists, but uh, and it wouldn't involve um, that characteristic. Inside. I would also, I would also okay. say he's a very. Okay. 
<laughs> a yeah. very good strategist yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it takes that uh, to do what you want to do, yeah, to, do to do those things. Um, no Escape, uh, it's about the uh, genocide of the Uyghurs in uh, China. This is a person who has escaped. His name is Nuri Turkle, and he's written a book on this. Um, a harrowing story thus far. Horrific. Uh, but um, anyway, when, when did this come out? Lessons. Sorry, I keep interrupting oh, you. Maybe a couple of months ago. Wow. Okay. No escape. Yeah. No escape. And uh, a, 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 another book called The Natural Navigator. It's at home, and I'm going through that. It's a. Uh, I've only just begun it, but it talks about how humans can navigate in the landscape without any form of technology, um, just just by using nature. So super super interesting things on where snow falls and how it falls a certain way and and um you know where how cactuses align specifically relative to the direction uh where you know where the sun is and, and just fascinating ways you can make your way around in nature anyways um and i'm trying to be succinct here uh the we had a review that i won't go through the review but um the review warranted uh, uh a comment from me being the founder of opex um uh, to make sure that everyone knows what our motives are for our show and what the ideas are that we are proposing here. Um, our show is called Live a Larger Life. Uh, we have taken the burden and responsibility of, of knowing that when we get inside of saying that, we take uh, responsibility of saying things like, this is how we think you should live the largest life possible. Inside of that is going to be some conversations that are not fitness-related. Um, I don't know why I'm looking around the room to kind of get it, but I mean, if you haven't figured that out yet, it, it is. We try as best as possible, back room, to try to think about the alignment of what that means to people that are out there, whether it's a coach or a person who's out in the public. And I'm hoping individuals could see that even those particular topics, the, 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 the person listening has to say, uh, and this is what we this is what we live every day. We got to say now, how do I feel, and what do I think about that particular thing, right? That, that's that's how you start with that, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just lay topics on the table so that you can make decisions for it. We will come in and talk about like, oh, this is how this may lead to a larger life, or this how this doesn't lead to a larger life. This is definitely not a vital conversation. This makes no sense. Like and. Um, and so I just wanted to recap, you know, what the show's motives are and what we're trying to do. Um, there is some, I know there's some positive intentions on this end with it. Um, and just to be blunt, fitness is not super sexy. And we're just going to be transparent with everyone based upon that. Um, we're not going to, you know, do a rainbows and butterflies show on the positivity around fitness for the next five years. Um, we think we have the answers to what makes people vital. And inside of that is going to be some tough conversations on things that are not reps and sets and hypertrophy and et cetera. So um, I think that was warranted. Um, I will, um, it could be lengthy, on, so, I, so I won't. Anyways, the, uh, I went to uh, Center for American Institutions conversation yesterday. Uh, the topic was uh, that everyone in the room had to debate was, is euthanasia a right? Uh, so you can just pause on that one for a second. You can imagine all the really challenging thoughts and conversations that are, this was a legal representative uh, for individuals for the right for, uh, the conversation, I should say, the rights for it. So real eloquent detailing of uh, legal state-by-state -state rights, federal rights, differences in the United States rights versus different countries what it has led to in some cases, the percentage differences of the rating escalation in places like Canada and Belgium, um, like um, 
I think the the numbers were just phenomenal when the rights came in to make euthanasia available and then the the laws inside of that for Canada and Belgium. Um, I won't spend time on them here, but if you dig into the details of it, it's, uh, anyways, it's murky and it's unfortunate that... uh, that I, I just don't want it's unfair i just want to leave it at that but it's it's very murky was, whereas with regards to the sorry i was gonna ask yeah. a question was mm-hmm. that uh coming off of the awareness around uh, I, th- I can't remember the name of the canadian retail company who uh had yeah the, that wasn't the, the intentions commercial? of this lady alexandra had been uh, this was on the detail for almost a year for her to present here so i don't think it was intentionally based based upon that great timing. but it was it was interesting timing uh of that particular story um, and that particular story does like, anyways, you can just understand the, the charge and the, like the energy that's inside of it. Anyways, the thing that I pulled from it, which is positive was, you know, I think everyone contemplating that notion on your own, because if you're going to speak at Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, your peers, you, you may get some differing point of views, just sit with that notion to yourself and ask the question, do you believe fundamentally that euthanasia is a right? And don't give me the answer, but you have to like, the reason why I'm going to ask everyone to do that individually is because I came up with a new uh, way of validating my beliefs on what a really good life is. <sighs> I have to take a pause uh, for that one because it made me really emotional at the time. I was thinking, I'm listening to this person up there talk about these individuals who were going to end their life. And they had a legal right to end their life, but people fought for them. And she was able to share their stories on the other side of what they regretted in terms of what they thought they they wanted in terms of ending their life. And I was like, wow, what a fantastic gift of recognizing, you know, like I got lots of things to share on, on positive lives, lives and why people should live. Um, I didn't mean to make it <laughs> this emotional, no, uh, but it was, uh, anyways, it was a wonderful learning for me. If anything, you just took this last two minutes as a, as a lesson possibly for people to contemplate that notion of asking the question on is euthanasia an individual human right? Because it'll make you come up with some really powerful motives to live the largest life possible. Um, I was gonna try to do a continuing through line from what I took from that, as well as my fitness in uh, relations episode, my fitness in youth episode, and talking to Robbie Bork, who honestly was, actually, you guys may not know, but he was a builder in this entire setting right here. We initially, him and Michael Pilhoffer and I used to do our own quote-unquote OPEX pod, OPT podcast, I think, anyway, so, but then I just discussed with him, and the, the, the connector between all those podcasts that I was doing is, uh, this hypothesis, and I'll just leave it here for my point after the euthanasia conversation, <laughs> is uh, the options for females aged 12 to 18 that uh, are not uh, masculinized in intentions for physical expression. So I'm hoping you all can he- can understand what I just meant by that. In with this like talking fitness in relations podcast with Melissa. Fitness in Youth with Daniel Young, Robbie Bork, who's now a sport coach. All of us had that discussion on what are the options available and accessibility to options for 12 to 18-year-olds that's not masculinized in physical expression. You know what it is so right now? So a thought now? process on that, yeah. It's hot girl walks. 
Have you heard of Hot Girl Walks? That was like in Tell the desert, more. walking in the it's desert. It's a thing. Well, no, it's very popular on Instagram and TikTok. But like basically you put on, this is a sharp right turn from euthanasia, but you put on your, yeah. <laughs> your best Lulus. I didn't Lulu's. mean to connect these, but... Uh. <laughs> you do. You put in your best Lulus, you hold your Starbucks cup or your green juice and you go. For, you listen to a podcast and you go for a hot girl walk. Oh. It's a thing. Okay. No, I actually am not like so it's I, I don't it's, it's walking. It's brisk but walking. walking has become popular it's for women. Flanusing. Yeah, but no, on, honestly like I did my own version of this as a like a high school girl. Like my friends okay. and I would go for walks. Like we would just go and we would walk and we'd gossip mm. and talk. Like just being girls out and about walking and it was a positive thing. Like um I don't love the labeling of this as like a hot girl walk. It's not yeah. like what it's about, but women do walk and talk. Okay, we'll keep it going there in terms of physical challenges of expression. Like, like beyond walking. Beyond that's just walking. It's a little walking. bit more difficult. Mm. That's not masculinized. You do see, like, you do see a lot of, like, groups of young women out, like, on Gateway Trail, out hiking. Um, so I'd say, again, that's a form of walking. But at yeah. least it's on different terrains. Yeah. Is di- Would you consider dance? But, yeah, see, it, it, great question. But that's where it comes into, well, is dance and no one is watching? Or is it dance for points? So if it's dance for points and leotards, yep. that creates an overreaching and an overcorrection, in my opinion. And therefore masculinized. And, and 30, yeah, it, well, it's mission driven, mm. right? It's all about the points and the whiteboard. And I, of course, it's, I'm not going to apologize for saying it's a masculine driven thing, but that's what gets, well, that's what gets me, at, that's what got me out of bed is to go out there and and crush it and to, and to come tops on the whiteboard, to go after this mission, et cetera. Um, and if you look through a lot of the examples that are given, it doesn't negate the fact, you know, of all the things that are happening for young females, 12 to 18. But if you just look at a lens for it, especially in that area of accessibility, right? And I'm also not afraid of using the, the word equality of accessibility, right? Because you got to say, well, who's responsible then for not having the options for these young people, uh, these young females with that? And I think dance in a, I love the, I love the, concept of dance the concept of it now if that can be put into a physically expressive way that has no bearing on outcomes for uh points or prizes or pain or pleasure now you got me now i'm like seriously interested in that because now you're bringing me back to me and the girls dancing to kanye you know for for 10 minutes or something you Mm -hmm. see what i'm saying so but no one yeah so anyways that might masculinize it yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> dad dad, and Kanye. Oh, you guys yeah. are right. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, you know, strong as the new skinny, like, workout programs, uh, like, weight training programs that are targeted at young females, social media influencers pushing their, you know, training templates, 30-day ab challenge, like, that sort of stuff. And it's definitely a female audience. The outcome is connected to appearance, to self-worth, to being mm. loved by those around you. Um but I, I. So what you're saying is that's not an option, it's, or it is an option, it. but we don't like it. It as is an option. option. We don't like it as an yeah. option. But I think yeah. that's what exists. Where, where did you guys land? Because the end I, result is a when, when you ask that, I'm just like, it's the same as what, uh, what, I, what a, what a, what a man would use as uh, yeah. physical expression outside of uh, sport, right? Like, if, if. Yeah, uh, I landed on. There's not a lot of accessible options. But why can't Candace and Georgia walk into the gym and lift weights right now? Like, is that, is the act of lifting weights, are you saying that that is a masculine form of expression? Oh, I'm, I'm think about the 12 year old and how many are taking that idea that you just proposed on at 12, just like, mm-hmm. just like, oh, what are we doing for physical expression? What do you do for his expression? Yeah. 
you do sport. But what is or a sport version? I guess what I'm trying to land on is what's yeah. the difference between um, a female and a male, right? Like what is what are males doing for physical expression? Mainly sport. Okay. Yeah. So we're but so we're females, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying okay, let's find or let's and just a lot have of the those sports are masculine driven. Yeah, by definition, because it's a sport, right? Uh, well, sport for sure, but all the intentions that go inside of it, mm-hmm. physical sacrifice, challenge, suffering, suck it up. Yeah. Like we, we get, we get excited on that shit. Yeah. Before Candace said dance, uh, I thought about dance, uh, not like ballet per se, but like, uh, because we mentioned like the, 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 uh, Janice volunteering and there's like so many young girls uh performing right they're not performing to like win anything they're performing because they love to perform they love to go and practice dance and get really good at it and share that with the people that are watching them so dance would come to mind um my brain goes to ice skating i know what you're gonna say possibly like but why are they doing it are they doing it to get better and to win uh ice skate maybe but maybe not but that is another form of of physical expression that is available you don't have to compete at the thing you can go and ice skate and yeah. and just express yourself through that um yoga and pilates are huge as well say, i started yoga yeah. with my mom when i was like 12 or 13 we got yeah. a class together yeah i was gonna, yeah. also gonna say yoga as well um yeah i don't know yeah, yeah, cool. those those yeah those are the ones that came to mind for me and then lifting weights i think is another thing i get what you're saying the 12 yeah. year old isn't it's just f- gonna decide to go in and yeah and do that yeah but. it's fluidity you know, a, a nonlinear process, right? That's the way you got to think of it in terms of terminology because the masculine will, will, you know, see straight. That's mm-hmm. why I mentioned on the colors previously. It's like, you know, it's hard to understand, but we only see the aim. Like we don't, we don't take in all the, all the perspectives. Um, anyways, and so I just, we came to that, uh, that through line through all of that. Because fitness and relations, we talked about, is it true that there's a demasculinized society? That's what we discussed. Fitness and youth, we talked about socio-cultural effects on young environment for kids getting into fitness. And then Robbie Burke is a, is a real-life uh, coach who's actually out there teaching young people with fitness. And so, you know, we just kind of recognize that. It's like, holy crap, like, there's not a, there's not like, like, if you get to 12, let's just take the idea, you get to 12 as a young male, Right, and you've been doing physical stuff, right? Albeit, you know, you're probably doing a sport or something. You get to twelve, there's a shit ton of options. That deep down innately, you're like, yeah, yeah. But twelve and you're female, it's like, well, you know, we play soccer. You know, this is what we do. You know, or there's a couple of other, and I'm just not seeing the plethora of them. You know, maybe it's based upon the current digital landscape or how people communicate and live today. I mean, I don't know, but. It's not presented as an option either. We didn't have a weight room at high school. Yep. Uh, the girls and mm-hmm. my my boyfriend at the time did, and I was yeah. super jealous. Like he and his friends would just go lift weights there, and I didn't. I didn't have that as yeah. an option. Yeah, and this is all on the back end of me knowing that my girls participate both in walking, yoga ish, and resistance. So it's it's different. But I'm just trying to think of, you know, using that word we use today of a lot of individuals. You know, to getting them, getting them recognize that. Anyways, I do I do think it's important to think about. Um, that nonlinear idea for young boys as well too. I know you're not discounting and saying that yeah. it's okay. Boys yeah, yeah. could play sports, yeah, but for sure. I do think that's important to, to think about those things. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that, you know, I know we've talked about, like I have a son that's like addicted to football. I want him to do things outside of football that are like physical. Right. Yeah. Um, and he just has that. And it's, it's 
definitely, I was going to say probably, but it's definitely my fault because I had that, right? And mm. I, I, not purposefully, but um, I, I ingrained that in him through like, yeah, do this, do that. This could be fun. It'd be awesome if you did this. Did you score a yeah. touchdown today? Did you, do, you know what I mean? So I'm like creating that inside of him. So just learning from some things there. And uh, I've been thinking about like, what are other things that, you know, he can do and then the younger one can do that are, that are just like, you know, being involved, you know, exp- uh, expressing yourself physically and it not being connected to like mm-hmm. winning and losing. And yeah. the, the, the arts was like a thing that, that like yeah. really came out and uh, that the younger one show- yeah. showed interest in. Well, great point. Cause that's why we landed on 12 to 18, because my point would be that up to 12 years of age, the, the young, and this is interesting that the monologue will discuss this, but uh, for zero to eight, you know, you can take this idea that curiosity and wonder is one of the most important things that need to be available for that age, right? And then from 8 to 12, it's actually seeking diversity. And I know diversity is a loaded term for today, but use it in its most its most wonderful term knowledge. So I hope you can hear that, that from 8 to 12. I'm not sure how old your oldest is. 11. 11. Yeah. I mean, they innately want to do diverse things. So I hear you like, we're just like so good at saying, here's the straight path. So, but there will come a point. This is the interesting thing is that 13 onwards, there is a change in that. And they want to like, you know, in the sport world, it's called specialized, but they want to dig in on something because they want to find truths in something. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's innate in us, right? We want to develop ourselves and like, you know, how am I going to deal with this entire thing? And I want to focus on this to get, you know, wrap my hands around it so I can own it and control it. Right. So that'll come. Uh, anyways, the, it's a nice segue into the monologue based upon mastering life. Yeah. It's so funny though, because the, uh, you know, you said 13 plus, so let's say high school age, the idea around sport and diversifying what you're doing as sport is still, it still leads into yeah. if you diversify, you're going to be better at the sport that you eventually choose. So like mm-hmm. the intentions on diversifying are still so linear mm-hmm. and like yeah, I agree. do it so. because the hand-eye coordination and balance and agility and explosiveness and speed over here and endurance over there, do all those things. And you're going to be really good at this thing at the end of the day. So that's the conversation um, and, and youth sport right now, it's diversify. So you can be really, really good at the thing that you choose, not diversify. So you can have a bunch of experiences and, uh, really find what interests you and just to do a bunch of different things and change it up by season. Yeah. The practicality of putting that in place is definitely a uh, challenge. Uh, did you guys have any, um, uh, because we obviously are dominating the conversation. Um, did you guys have any feedback on, uh, my points on the motives of the show or a retor- or, you know, a change on the intentions or inherent. Um, I just don't want it to be off. I don't want it to be no, away from the show where we have those discussions. I mean, we want to be transparent on where we're going with it. I think, you know, to touch on topics that are uncomfortable and are not in fitness. Hey man, uh, that's, it's part of being an adult. Like it's not just reps and sets and, and dumbbells. And we, all of us have to be like, Hey, you know, I don't feel great when I hear that information, but I got to deal with it, you know, cause it's going to help me of course learn over time. These are the Whatever. conversations we have at our dinner table every night. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the yeah. Smiths are talking about this stuff for sure. Okay, cool. To sum it up, we covered idolatry, intelligent homes, vaping, hot girl walks, and how to live large. <laughs> that <laughs> was, was a good lot. episode. That was a lot. Yeah. Hot girl walks. I still don't understand the I got name. F- yeah. But it's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. We'll pull it up. Maybe it's just a catchy name, so uh, 
girls walk. I don't like it. I don't like it. it if I had a daughter, I wouldn't. T- now I would, every time post I wouldn't lunch when you say, say anyone want to go for a walk, I'm going to say, we got, we want, anyone want a hot girl walk? Oh, man. Yeah. I'll ask. So I'm too stubborn. But I'll ask. All right. But it probably could be a norm. The hot like, girl walk? Yeah, I guarantee you, Chloe's going to be like, yeah, Dad, we do that all the time. <laughs> she knows like what it's about. Like, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Your girls are on so. TikTok, they know. Yeah, Chloe is. With, right. your PS, with your PSL. Or it's Christmas, so now you're doing a peppermint. Peppermint. No, no coffee. No, no caffeine. Co- no caffeine. What's Pumpkin spice latte. Oh, oh I was geez. like, what is a PSL? I've never, well, I no, thought I've that was a, a European one, uh, soccer. <laughs> 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 I can't do the pumpkin spice. too sweet. Paris St. Germain has PSG. Tried it. Never tried Not good. It. I've never tried pumpkin spice or cocaine, so I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> Chloe just You're missing out, Carl. Your I'm life could be out. so much richer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> until, right. until next week, and I'll be just a few days out from wedding day. Oh, Woo! I thought you said nice, you were going to do cocaine. Nice. Next day, I was like, don't do it. <laughs> no, fentanyl is an issue here. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode. If you're on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and join us in the comments below.